Hey friends, welcome to another episode in Season 3 of the Adrian Tan Show. This is my podcast where I speak with folks that are having a great impact on what we call the future of work. But beyond just the enablers and vendors who are transforming the space, I will also be including intimate conversations with people who are navigating their own future of work. They have successfully transitioned and pivoted to new careers and I hope to distill their ups and downs in their unstructured journey so the rest of us can learn from their best practices. My guest today is Daniel Goldstein. He is the founder and CEO of Elements Talent Consultancy. He founded the business in 2009 and first piloted the concept of embedded talent consultancy roughly five years later. He is a passionate advocate of the true value of excellent talent acquisition professionals and is on a mission to change the perception of an outdated industry. Hey, Daniel, thank you for coming on to the show. My pleasure, Adrian. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. You're most welcome. And to kick things off, perhaps you can help the audience and myself to understand more a bit about your background. You came from the corporate world, having been involved in talent acquisition over at Atlassian as well as Spotify. What motivated you to get into entrepreneurship as well as managing a company such as Elements Talent Consultancy and exactly what Element does? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Adrian. And hello, everyone. Uh, pleasure to meet you. However, obviously, slightly vicariously through the medium of the podcast. Yeah, my name's Daniel Goldstein. I'm the CEO and um, founder of Elements Talent Consultancy. And uh, we really are trying to pioneer a, a, a different way of, of, of supporting in-house talent acquisition teams and solving some of the, probably the most challenging hiring missions that currently sit out there uh, right now. And I guess my personal journey <clears throat> has one that sort of, I started life um, as, a, as an external provider, but working internally at uh, some of the organizations that you, that you mentioned. And I guess my perspective was, um, Really, the belief in internal talent acquisition as the de facto way of really helping organizations achieve the goals that they aspire to achieve, but also as well of them enabling them to, to build the products they need to build because first and foremost, they're able to solve the hiring missions that they need to be able to provide the people. So when I was working in house at those organizations, the, the, the thing that really struck me was that the people are always first. It's not the tech. Yes, the tech is a byproduct and the tech is the thing that the organizations are famous for, but actually if they don't have the great people building the tech, they would never be the great organization. And secondly, the culture of these organizations, things that really inspired me. And there's a number of things that I've taken as I've built elements from those sort of organizations that are really defined the way that we as a business think and we as a business think about people first. And, and they've been really formative in, in, in the way that I think we all should be trying to believe in people first and, uh, and, and think that if we really are people centric, then a, a lot more, we will be a lot more successful in our missions. And so really that was the sort of thing that, that, that really inspired me to say, Hey, is there an opportunity of essentially building one massive in-house talent acquisition function. However, we don't just work with one specific organization, a Spotify or an Atlassian. We're able to put our people in multiple organizations. I actually put elements quite similar to say a Spotify's talent acquisition function. They support lots of different departments, 
We just support lots of different companies. And that's the, that, that's the only difference between say an element and a, and an in-house talent function like Spotify. We, we provide exactly the same support. When I first got to know about elements from one of your colleague, Elvin, my immediate thought, and also this is based on my limited understanding of what's going on in the talent acquisition world today is that sounds like an RPO model, but then he was telling me, no, not exactly. I would imagine a lot of our audience may be thinking the same thing. As, a, as an organization that is um, scaling at a fairly sort of hyper-growth uh, kind of level, it, 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 it is certainly one of the first questions that a lot of our future El Amigos, and El Amigo is an Elements employee, it's like play on the, the Amigo and the Elements there, but a lot of our future El Amigos are always like, hey, is this just an RPO? And I think, look, when I first set out with the thought process of Embedded, the perspective I had was how can we change the perception of the recruitment industry? And I think for a long time, perceptions of the recruitment industry have been quite negative. Um, and that's been driven by behaviors that really don't put our partners or our clients first, or most importantly, the candidates first. I, 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 I really want to make, I really wanted and still want to today make a much more human, much more agile, collaborative, so that's really focused on the problem and the challenge, which is the hiring. And, and I think if you think about an RPO or an agency for that matter, there are, with the way that um, they're monetized, it's all about success and it's all about achieving more out of the contract. Whereas with elements, we are very, very simple in terms of the way that we, we formulate ourselves. We basically want to put in a very high cost solution into a high cost problem. I think if you think about the challenges that we uh, try to solve, you can't go in there and bring a low cost solution into a high cost problem. I think when you also think about RPO, which by its definition is recruitment process outsourcing, you don't outsource anything at Elements. We insource. We bring our people into your organizations. They sit there, they live and breathe your business. You could say that they, they take off their Elements clothes and they put on the clothes of the partner that they're working with. And, 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 and they're there for as long. The whole point is about agility. We're not there for five years. We're not there for 10 years. We don't want to own the process. We want to help you solve the challenge. Sometimes that challenge might take six months. It might take 12 months. It may take 18 months. It may take longer. But we are there only for as long as it's needed. And that, for me, really helps us understand the challenges that are specific to that organization. I think we say at Elements that there is not one size that fits all. And I think if you were to look at an RPO, it is really a lot more kind of uniform in the way that they, they look at the challenges. I, I, I probably align as much more to, say, talent acquisition contractors that go in and uh, embed themselves within a talent acquisition team. And I think if you think about the concept, of we, we very much want to provide best-in-class people to, uh, to build a much more personal and bespoke approach that really helps solve the identification, the attraction, the engaging and the hiring of the very best talent because they really live and breathe the culture of the business that they are embedded in. And I think when your people work as an extension of your own team, rather than a separate entity within your business, that's when you fully embody the brand and the challenges as your own. And, and it goes back to that thing I was saying just before, 
they take off their elements clothes and they put on the clothes of the partner that they are supporting at that time. And they very much feel part and parcel of that partner's mission. And that's absolutely intrinsic. And if you think you go back to the thing I was talking about before, which is Spotify and Atlassian, those were things that I really discovered about what great internal TA means. You really have to live and breathe the stakeholders mission, their challenge, really understand what that is to really be able to provide them the sorts of bespoke service that each one of your stakeholders needs. We, we built a model that it, I, I'd probably put it more towards the subscription base side because we see the value of, of what we bring to uh, our partner's business, not be, and, and, and because we don't want anything long-term, we don't want rigidity of a huge contract and the sort of delivery agreements you tend to see in an RPO. I think some people talk a little bit around SaaS. We talk about PaaS, people as a service, or great talent acquisition on demand. Uh, I think some people might have mentioned we work of, of talent acquisition. These are all kind of things that we recognize as disruptors in other spaces. But why can't the recruitment industry be disrupted? And why can't the recruitment industry think differently? Instead of it all best success, it's based on much symbiotic support of each other. And, and we use the word partners deliberately when we talk about our clients, because we go in there as equals. We're not a third party supplier. We're not there beholden. Yes, sir. No, sir. Here's your CVs. Thank you very much. That doesn't work in our space. We go in there as equals and we solve the challenges as equals in that organization. I like to think of us as the McKinsey of talent acquisition. And that's the position that we hold within the space. And for me, embedded is a truly different, is, is, is a differentiator and a disruptor of the recruitment industry. And I think you can probably see that in the sort of partner portfolio that we have and in the amount of time that our El Amigos stay with us and how much they really learn. And, and, and I probably, I'd say this just finally, I think that the recruitment industry is amazing and I have a lot of thankfulness because it is the job of my life and I love being a recruiter. But for me, talent acquisition is the future. And I also think that when I think of elements, we're not a recruitment business because we don't monetize in the same way. We work solely as a consultancy would. Think about KPMG, think about a design consultancy, think about a McKinsey, think about the way that they, that they work with their partners. We work exactly the same way. There is no add-on, there is no takeaway. And I like to think that Elements is really leading the chart, building embedded talent consultancy, essentially building a new vertical of consultancy that's never been done before, rather than building a new strand of recruitment. You also mentioned earlier on that what you guys come in to do, <laughs> I would imagine it to be somewhat like special forces going into special mission. So you just go in, do the do the necessary job, and then of course you get out of there. And unlike an <laughs> RPO where you'll be binded down with, I don't know, a decade year, a century year kind of contract, which makes things very hard for you to be agile with. So something like the WeWork of talent acquisition mm. or WeWork of recruitment, so to speak. But I would really want to deep dive into the people aspect because you mentioned quite a few times the TA people that you embed mm -hmm. into those organizations they will, uh, they will really put on the, the shirt, the, the badge, the culture of the company that they are embedded into. Mm -hmm. Now, given that you are also competing mm -hmm. for the same set of talent acquisition talents out there with the RPO, with the staffing agency, so on and so forth, what are there certain unique aspects or mm -hmm. attributes 
we don't hire the, the highest biller. We don't hire the person that's going to ring the bell the most. We hire the best in class talent acquisition professionals. And I think talent acquisition professionals are not necessarily recruitment professionals. Um, and, and I say that because I think a lot of recruitment is about sales. And I think when you think about recruitment, you think about, oh, I made, I, I, I delivered the candidate. I'm going to get a fee in RPO, in agency. That's how it works. But when you think about in-house, that's not how it works. It works about you understanding the mission and you solving the challenge and you solving the problem much like a consultant would work in a, in, in, in any consultancy. And I think that there's a big differential in the way that we hire the people that we're looking for, as opposed to maybe some of the more traditional businesses that you mentioned just a moment ago within RPO and staffing agencies. It's actually interesting to note that 52% of our hires come from in-house talent acquisition teams to come to work in elements and probably only 20% come from RPO and the remainder come from agency. But the bar at elements is incredibly high. It's something to be really proud of. And it's challenging as well when you're growing as fast as we are to be able to continually keep such a high bar. But the reason why we have such a high bar is because we know that um, when we drop the bar, that's when people essentially fail at elements. And it's not that they're bad people. It's just that they're not built with the sort of the key pillars that we see as absolutely intrinsic to our growth and to the way that we know we are successful with our partners. And I think we've learned a lot along the way. We have, we have a real fail fast, learn fast culture at elements. I think you'd probably come in and if you were to look around elements, Adrian, and I know just getting to know each other and I'm looking forward to doing a uh, number of these podcasts with you, but I think if you were to meet some of the El Amigo, these are, these, the, these are people that think differently. I, I, I've been working and within Asia for, for quite a while now, supporting a number of organizations in, in, in Asia pack. And one of the things that I think differentiates us uh, in terms of the way that we think about great TA professionals is that I don't want to give our El Amigos a load of dots and then the numbers so that they can find their way to the answer. What we want to do at Elements is give them the dots and say, go solve the problem. And that's essentially how we hire. We look for people who think differently. We challenge people in an interview in a completely different way. Of course, we wonder about their domain expertise and their skill set. But after that, the cultural assessment that we do for every El Amigo, and it doesn't matter if you're C-suite or you are one of our office managers, everyone has to go through the same cultural assessment, which is essentially we're looking for people who want to really set the standard, who really want to think differently, who people who have intellectual curiosity at the heart of everything they do. So at Elements, it's cool to be smart. It is really, we want the smartest people in, in the industry. And then finally, people that want to be inspirational, and people who want to work together and say, you know what? Yes, we failed, but what can we learn from that failure and how can we get better as, an, as a team, as an organization? And I think when you put those together, you then come to the most important point that we have at Elements, which is we have no KPIs at all, anywhere in the business, not with any of our partners, not with any of our El Amigos. And I think that's a really, really interesting uh, mindset shift because if you can really understand what a great TA professional does and how to help support that person and develop that person to be even better, 
You don't need to put a stick over their head and say, if you don't achieve this, you're not good enough. Or if you don't do this, you need to do X, you need to do Y. At Elements, we don't do that. We say to people, here is the mission. You tell us how you're going to go and solve it. And I think that is really transformational when you think about people in TA or recruitment. And Adrian, I know that you've been around around a while as well, like me, and we've both probably had a lot of experiences. I go back to when I first started in recruitment and it was really transactional. But yet here at Elements, what we want to do is get rid of all of that transactional side and have zero KPIs in our organization. And actually when you free people, El Amigos, from KPI, they really truly understand how to be amazing at what they do. And all of our partners recognize that. And that's why, you know, we have, you know, such an amazing partner portfolio that we're so proud of and, and why our partners, even though we only have a month notice on any contract that we have, want to stay with us for a long time. That's really a very interesting concept where there's no KPI applied onto your recruiters. I'm very certain any recruiters that might be hearing this right now would be dusting off their resume and preparing it to be sent over to you. But having said that, of course, I think the key mm. thing here is really provide the ability for recruiters or talent acquisition people to go a bit deeper. I think what you said made me think of mm. a situation where, you know, when you go for a doctor visit, I'm very certain in many private hospitals, they also have KPI on doctors, don't spend so much time on each patient. But the truth of the matter is each patient actually require different kind of support, different kind of service. And you just have to take away the time limit in order for the doctor uh, to really deep dive, to find out the cost and the root cause of each problem. Likewise, for a talent acquisition person, mm -hmm. I would imagine it really frees up a lot of time, not thinking about transaction or not thinking about my quota, worrying about the KPI, the matrix yeah. that I need to hit, but really help the companies to deep dive, to find the true talent that they want to. And I want to go back to what you mentioned earlier on in which you describe yourself as the McKinsey, as the KPMG of the recruitment world. Would that also mean that the clientele that you're working with, because when, you, when we talk about mm -hmm. the companies like McKinsey, Mercer, KPMG, obviously only bigger companies yeah. can afford to. Actually, you're absolutely right. When you give people a little bit more time to actually go and do their job and really, really understand the core root of the challenge, that's when A, they have the freedom and they, they really have this understanding that, that, that they are the experts in the room. And that doctor analogy is really interesting. I love it. There's another analogy that I like to uh, think about. If you think about a coder, a computer coder, an engineer, for example, I would never dare, any of the CTOs that we may have worked with over the years would never dare tell their coders how many lines of code to write in a day. So why on earth are you telling a talent acquisition professional how many CVs to send or how many people to speak to or anything like that. You've got to give the person the time and the space to really solve the challenge. And it might be that the interview process is broken. How are you going to solve that interview process? You need to go and speak to the interviewer and say, okay, let me help you develop your interview technique or the brand of the business needs some tweaking. So let's go and solve that challenge within there. And you know what? You will always get the right result. I think for me, I've got a real simple view on, 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 on solving hiring. You feed the top of the pipeline with great people, you're always going to get a hire. The problem of not hiring is somewhere in the pipeline. Something is going wrong.
but you need time to understand where that is. And you need the data to allow you to be able to get you to that point and then go and solve the problem and fix that. And that's a continuous fix. So that's the mindset around the agile train and always being very agile within a computer engineering. We've adopted that processor elements of saying, okay, cool. We're just going to continuously iterate all of the work that we're doing on all of our partners and keep making those incremental changes and those incremental improvement. And, and I think that sort of freedom and that mindset is what really allows our LMEGOs to flourish and, and such an interesting analogy, Adrian. Elements, we clearly want to hire best in class. We clearly need to keep our team. So Elements, we do pay exceptionally well. And I think if you think about the McKinsey's or any of the great TA functions in the world, you think about Facebook, for example, or Google, their TA teams are remunerated really well because they want the best and they want to keep the best. And we have the very same mindset at Elements, which means that we reassuringly expensive. I like to say, Adrian, there is a UK brand. I don't know if you know it, but uh, Waitrose <laughs> is a UK brand and um, they have a very similar tagline, which is they are reassuringly expensive. But I think with that, what you get is that reassurance that you're not going to get failure. And that, and that confidence and the only co the confidence we have is that we, we need to hire the best in class and if we need to remunerate them fairly and for them to be, you can't be the McKinsey of talent acquisition and pay your people peanuts. We, we, we are recognized as really great remunerators for our people, but we are recognized that we are reassuringly expensive. However, that is not a blocker to smaller organizations and look in Singapore alone, we've supported the likes of. Tiger, we've supported the IMDA with a lot of their accredited companies, which are very small organizations. We can be really creative around how we support some smaller organizations. And yes, the likes of the Apples and Discovery and Spotify, and the, the larger, big conglomerates out there. Yes, clearly they have more budget. What we want to do is to say, I, I think we want to think about this differently, Adrian. And I think here's a really interesting thought process. What is the cost of not solving the problem? What is the cost of not building the products? What is the cost of not making the hires so you can't achieve your business goals? And I can promise you categorically, that's way more expensive losing users, not building your products than having an El Amigo or, or elements in to support you. So there's a real economy of scale. Let's think about the problem differently. Let's think about what happens if you are able to build the products and you are able to scale your organization, you are able to achieve your hiring goals and your missions, et cetera, the year, how much more successful is the organization going to be? And I think when you put it into that con cost really should be a secondary. I think more and more organizations are really realizing this. I think if I've been around the industry for some time and it, it, our key stakeholders, the global heads of talent, the CHROs. They have a seat at the top table. They have a seat at the board table. The thing that the board want to know first is people. How are the people doing? How are we growing? How are we scaling? And the, the mindset around cost and budget is, is certainly changing. I understand you definitely have a lot of great talent acquisition people providing excellent services to your companies, to the customers. And these are done on a very short-term contract, as you have rightly pointed out. In that regard, would there be a very high propensity for your client to just simply think mm -hmm. about, okay, do we really need elements? Why don't we just hire that TA person directly? 
How, in the six years that the company has been uh, around, only two people have gone to uh, other partners. I think the thing about being an El Amigo is something that people are very proud of. They want to be part of a disruptive organization that's really changing an industry. And as proud as they are of the businesses that they are supporting and the missions that they're part of, they are just as proud of being an El Amigo. And the culture of elements alluded to it before is very much like a tech company culture. And, and, and we're building a business that is built around people and culture first. That's the only thing that matters. If you were to speak to our amazing CHRO, Joanna Ramsdale, she, you know, with the two of us, the only game in town is our people. And how do we provide them the greatest experience that they really want, that allows them, you know, to stay at Element. I think we're very proud of Elements and, and, and we're still a really young company, but this year we have 10 people coming to their five-year anniversary which for a business that's six years old, it's a pretty big moment. And I think if we think about the time that we have within our partners, most of our partners are somewhere between 18 to 24 months that we engage with. And they realize we don't have much in our contracts. Our contracts are pretty light, but when it comes to solicitation of our people, it's something which we're very protective over. We, we don't want to build this business that is essentially then a come work with elements and then off you go to our partners because we wouldn't really have a great business after that. But what we do want to do is have a business that people don't want to leave. People are part of something that's disruptive, but they see a career for them that really allows them to stay with the same organization. They can, if they're getting us a little bit tired on a project, instead of them moving job, they just moved to another project. It's true consultants. We also have a number of other things really, really important. We mentioned our remuneration strategy before, that is really, very uh, strong. But also we have other policies like what, which is called your way of working, which is around, it's not around how we dictate to you about working. You don't have to come to an office. You don't need to, you, you need to work in the manner which is good for you. So if you have kids, if you want to go and work overseas, we will support that. Uh, we have a number of offices globally at Elements, and if our El Amigos want to move around to those offices, we will facilitate that. If our El Amigos want to go and spend the summer working in Europe, we will facilitate that. And, and if our El Amigos want to start work at 6 a.m. because that's better for them and finish whenever. What we're trying to do is provide people an environment that is, is it, it, it allows them to live the lives that they want to live and to do the best work that they're capable of doing. And, and essentially say to them, look, you're good enough to be an El Amigo. We're going to give you the platform to go and have all of the experiences that you want to and work in the way. And I think as an employer, we want to be really respectful. You can't say, oh, you're the best and then tell people you're going to do this, or you're going to have to come to the office at this time or, 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 so I think when you think around people in a much more expansive way and COVID's been really good for us because it's allowed us to shake off a lot of the shackles of that very prescriptive, you come to the office, you do this, you do that. We have amazing offices and if our people want to use them, that's great. If they don't, that's great whatever is good for them. And I think as a business, what we want to do is provide experiences, whether it's clubs or societies or opportunities to travel, spend more time with the family, have great elements, meetings and, and events that we put on. All of these things, it's almost like a, a smorgasbord 
or a, a platter of things that they can touch and experience as much as they want or as little as they want. And I think that, that allows us to be, really be a differentiator because when you give people the freedom, then, then that gives them so much more power of their own destiny. But Adrian, it's not just giving people freedom because you know, people can be, uh, People could be really uh, disrespectful with that. What we've done is really understand what makes a great El Amigo. And those great El Amigos have all the freedom that they need to because they understand what it takes to be a great El Amigo. And given your eye in this space over the past seven to eight years, uh, looking ahead, uh, what do you foresee mm. to be any upcoming trends in the space of recruitment? Yeah, th th there's a... a famous quote or the famous chat I had many, many years ago. I'm not going to say exactly who, but there's a great CTO uh, I know really well that looked at the hiring plan we, we had for this great organization and, and was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure about this and I'm not sure about that. And I just turned around to him and just said, hey, you know, you don't see me telling you how to, how to code and how to build tech. So why are you telling us how to build a hiring plan? And I think that sort of mindset, that, that shift for organizations really, really got to understand to, to put themselves in the hands of the, this is what we do. This is our bread and butter to coin a very English phrase. This day in, day out, we live and breathe talent acquisition. We live and breathe hiring great professionals and we solve really complex hiring challenges. I think when I think about organizations, it's, it's be prepared to bring experts into the room, be prepared to fail and learn from that failure. There is no, not definitely not one size that fits all, every single challenge, every single partner that we go to, sometimes every single different department that we support inside those organizations, you've got to think about it differently. So there's not one size fits all. And I think really in Asia, when I've been working with organizations out in Asia for the last couple of years, it is really that mindset of going, Hey, how do we think differently? How do we really think differently about this problem? And how do we be a lot more agile? in the way that we're trying to solve it. You're not going to solve it all at once. It's going to take a little bit of time, some tweaking, some changes, some things are going to work, some things are not going to work and learn from those. And I think Asia is an amazing place to do business. It really is. It's really exciting. Just one of the, the great emerging economies of, of, of the world, an amazing workforce, so much opportunity. But I think if we can really break the rigidity and some of the traditional uh, mindset and, and bring on a much more agile thought process in terms of the way that we think about people, in the way that we think about managing people, in the way that we think about the culture of our businesses. These are the things that are going to be really transformational to organization. Whether I'm speaking to the Ministry of Manpower in Singapore or the IMDA or, or to a small startup, my message is exactly the same, Adrian. You've got to think differently. It's not a kind of a straight fix anymore. It's not just, let's just do the same thing we've been doing always. How can people reach out to you? Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn at any time. And that's Daniel Goldstein and, and Alvin Deheza is our uh, head of Asia pack. And yeah, just, uh, you will see us all over LinkedIn, uh, Element Consultancy, but yeah, come and say hello. Thank you so much. All this will be added into the show notes to make it easy for audience as well as any prospective candidates to submit their application and to check in with Daniel. 